Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Anticipation can put you ahead of the game. As we rush around frantically preparing for an event, for the holiday season, for a wedding or a holiday in itself, we all have a sense of anticipation. If I use the example of Christmas, you may love it or loathe it, but those of us who live in the Western world will certainly be affected by it. Anticipation has so many guises. For little children, there's the wide-eyed wonder as twinkly lights and brightly coloured decorations appear overnight, as if by magic. A visit to Father Christmas's grotto heightens the sense that something really special is about to happen. As children get older, their belief in Santa is finally replaced with a strong sense of excitement for what gifts Christmas morning will bring. As they get older, the focus changes. For many adults, the anticipation is centred on seeing loved ones gathered all together around the table. This can bring a pleasant and positive sense of anticipation. However, it might be very different. On a far less positive note, anticipation can be far from friendly. There can be anxiety about getting everything done in time, worry about the financial cost and the bills which will follow in January. For some, that negative anticipation becomes a sense of foreboding and dread because of the fault of managing truculent teenagers or difficult relatives. They know there's going to be arguments which are fueled by too much alcohol and too much time in one another's company. There's just too big an expectation that it will be a season of complete peace and goodwill, rather than knowing that people are going to get on each other's nerves because why should they suddenly get on better simply because it's Christmas? For those of you who work long hours and are married to your jobs, Christmas can be lonely. The gap left by work allows just enough time for you to recognise you need to do something radical about your work-life balance, but insufficient time to get to grips with solving the problem before it's time to return to work where once again you're too busy to do anything to make meaningful changes. Negative anticipation has the power to spoil our enjoyment of the here and now. Worrying about what might never happen is such a waste, as by itself it rarely, if ever, changes anything. Developing the skill of anticipation personally or professionally gives you the opportunity to take control of your life in a very different way. The power of anticipation is absolutely amazing. It's a skill you can learn and when it's employed on a regular basis, it enables you to maximise the resources at your disposal and helps you to manage time effectively. 
It changes your mode of operation from one of firefighting and being reactive to one of being proactive and being able to plan strategically. Think of a game of football. If the striker passes the ball to where his teammate is at the time when he kicks the ball, the player will have moved on and the shot will be wasted. All good players anticipate where their teammate will be and sends the ball to that place. The skill is in judging the speed and direction of the other player. It's about how they anticipate that movement. The same can be true of business. Success is tied closely to your ability to anticipate the market, for example. The 100 business list published in the USA every year rarely has the same organisations in the top 10. I find it fascinating that many don't just slip a few places, but disappear altogether, never to be seen again on the list. Just think about the things that anticipation can help you do. And those businesses that use anticipation, you can see that there are a number of patterns of behaviour that really do add to their success. Anticipation allows you to plan to spread the workload over the year, minimising peaks and troughs of workload. It allows you to buy in raw materials at the best price. Organisations that anticipate appoint staff that actually have the potential to grow with the needs of the organisation. Organisations that anticipate appoint staff who can grow with the needs of the company. They don't just appoint on what people can do now, but with the potential that what they can do in the future. They actually train people ahead of time so that when there's a new development, they already have people in place who can do that. They have a whole structure for recognising talent and for training leaders so that they're never worried about how they're going to replace somebody when they move on. The leader and manager of those successful organisations use the skill of anticipation in the sense that they have a shared, strong, clear vision which translates into a workable action plan which is then delivered by well-trained people who know exactly what's expected of them. The plan is dynamic. There's a constant growth and development. They're always looking for excellence. They monitor effectively and their changes are based on understanding what's happened and what they do well and what they need to change. Time is used strategically. They know what needs to be in place in the short, medium and long term. And there are plans put in place to minimise risk and maximise performance. The team members know that they are part of the whole and they are trained to anticipate need. People know what needs to be achieved and they're looking at how that can be done in the most effective and efficient way. There's a constant curiosity about how things could be improved and underpinning the whole process is trust, good communication and a sense of contribution, all of which sit on that strand of anticipation. If you're always planning for things in the here and now, it's likely that you'll be constantly chasing to catch up. I was working with a client quite recently who was constantly late. 
She always underestimated how long things would take. She was often doing things for others when actually they had more time to spare than she did. And she found it incredibly difficult to say no. She was consistently stressed and felt overwhelmed by her life. Now, this is an intelligent woman, caring of others, and she had an interesting but demanding job, but it left no time to organise her own life. The result, she was constantly tired, she slept badly and constantly chased her tail. And her story is not unique by any means. By learning the skill of anticipation and learning how to say no graciously, she actually learnt how to organise her life better. The skill of anticipation of recognising that she needed to leave time now in order to get herself prepared, to put things in place that would help her in the future, made a huge difference to her life. Now, I'd like to use the example of Christmas to help describe how learning the skill of anticipation can help in your private life. And I'm going to use my own experience. Well, when Christmas came, when I was teaching and running a school, by the time Christmas Eve came, I was on my knees. School had taken everything that I had to give. And I wanted to find a way where not only could I give fully to school during term time, but actually enjoy Christmas too. Remember, we have three resources available to us at any given time. Time, energy and money. All of them are finite, although you could always buy other people's time if you have the money. I love Christmas. But when I worked as a head, I worked long hours and the few weeks before Christmas were completely manic. So to enjoy my personal Christmas, I had to make things work. Anticipation was the key. Although I no longer have the same pressures surrounding Christmas, the benefits of applying the rules of anticipation are still incredibly useful. And I'm going to share with you just a few of the things that I do. Now, as a head, I used to send about 500 Christmas cards. It's far less now, but I still use the same uh, practices. In January, I always buy my Christmas cards, wrapping paper and my ribbon. Not only does it save me money because I buy them in the sales, but also it saves me time because those go into the garage until November when I start to write my Christmas cards. I don't have to go and find them. They're already there. The same with presents. I will listen during the year and take note when I hear people say, oh, I'd really like this or I'm interested in that. And I would look out and still do look out for things that I think people will like. Those things get put away. And when Christmas comes, I have far less to buy than I would have to. Now, I have a huge amount of people to buy for. I've got seven godchildren. I have uh, five nieces and nephews and they've got children. So lots of grand nieces and nephews, too. I've got a wide circle of friends and I have my my immediate family, my brother in law, my sister, my aunt and so on. So purchasing all of those presents in one hit would make December very expensive. 
by buying them as I see them during the year, I spread the financial load, the time load, and the having that thought about what am I going to buy people in my head. Now, I use the same principle with presents as I do with papers in the office, and I try to touch them as few times as possible. And so I will often wrap them and label them and put them away ready done. That means that when I come to sort out Christmas, most of the work is done. It's helped by having a, a Christmas list and being able to tick them off as I buy presents. That keeps track of, of what I have bought and who's still to buy for. And I've learnt the hard way because I on occasion used to forget that I'd bought presents and buy two lots and forget where I put them. So now I have my list and it tells me what I've bought and where they are. I also keep track of what I bought over the years so that I can make sure that I do some variety. When it comes to preparing Christmas itself, I do as much as I can beforehand. I use Christmas card labels, which are on the computer, which get updated usually in the summer holidays. When it comes to cooking, and I love cooking, but I get very tired, I do as much as I can in advance. So one quick tip, if I want roast potatoes or roast parsnips, I peel and parboil them. As soon as they are parboiled, I drain them, brush them with oil, put them onto a, a baking tray, wrap them in cling foil, and as soon as they're cool, I freeze them. Those go straight into the oven from frozen. So on times when I'm actually entertaining or it's Christmas, I haven't got the bother of having to peel and, and chop and parboil vegetables. All I need to do is to put them in the oven. The whole business of anticipating can help you do the things that you want to do more easily and in a more measured way. Looking ahead to see what can be usefully done in advance, prioritising the use of time, energy and money, and breaking jobs down into manageable chunks is applicable to any context. Think about your life. Think about how you might use the skill of anticipation to help you manage your time more effectively so that when it comes to an event, you can relax and enjoy it rather than being stressed. Think about times at work, anticipating how you can make things even better. So good luck. I'd love to know how you get on. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.